The following message is from the 2016 IBCD Summer Institute. Disordered Desires, Bringing Grace to Modern Sexuality. Real quick, I'm going to show you some things that are going to be in the book uh, when it comes out and some things that you could contact me for. Hopefully we'll run down those materials. Um, If not, you could probably... um, Contact the office at some later time, and they will be able to give you those. Okay, number one, uh, first I'm going to go through the count, some of the things that you could do with the counselee, and then we're going to just uh, talk about some possible homework that you could give them. And uh, the first thing I have on here is a sufferer's Christian worldview, God's plan, suffering, and the gospel. And that's kind of what we talked about before. And what I use is this. PowerPoint, actually, this diagram. I'm going to walk you through it really quick. Of course, the power is in the verses that you share. And there's wonderful verses with with each one of these things. But I just talk about who God is, that he is high, he is holy, and he is personal. And this is specifically, I do that this way. Uh, with them because it seems to really make an impact. But he is high, he is holy, he is personal, and he is good. By his very nature, he is a benevolent, good God. Can't be anything else. Um, And so he is awesome. He is the only one. He's high. Uh, He's high in that he's the creator and the owner of all things. He is triune. He's father Son and Holy Spirit. And the fact that he's triune in itself is amazing, but it also points to his that he's personal. There's three persons relating to one another. He is a personal God. It looks like we have materials. Wonderful. If somebody wanted to help pass out some of those, because we're going to talk about them. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. And I have usually share at least a key verse with each one of these. Um, he is sovereign. He's everywhere and he is involved. He is holy. He is perfect in all his ways and all his person. This is key. That point is very key. Perfect in all his ways and all his person. He's holy, righteous. He's always pure and right in his decisions and his deeds. He's inerrantly and fairly just. He's good. Again, going back to he's a benevolent God, meaning he's full of mercy and grace. I might give you a couple minutes. Um, I might do it at the end. Okay, are we getting there? What's after this hour? Maybe we'll take a couple more minutes. Would you be okay with that? If we end up going over just like 10 minutes, I could see that happening. (laughs) 
Okay, so um, he's good. He's full of grace and mercy. He's all sufficient for all things for everyone. This is going to be key in future discussions with her. He's all sufficient for all things for everyone who's in him, I should say. Okay? He is love. The only attribute that is set stated this way about God, he is love. He's full of compassion. He's faithful and true. He's committed, perfect in his care and his help. To, the, to his own. He is surpassing in goodness and kindness. These are not necessarily ways that she has thought about God. Um, but when you share them with her with scripture, they're going to begin to make an impact. And um, I sum up you know, who God is with just really capitalizing again that he is a giver. He is a good God that takes pleasure in bestowing who he is. He's bestowing all that all he is. Okay, and for all these things. Get a little cheat sheet here. For all these things, um, Hmm. Not working. There we go. Uh, He says about himself, I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. And for all that he is, he is worthy of glory. Boy, this is having a little bit of trouble. Okay. Um, He's worthy of glory and... Actually, the whole world would have been wrong had he not been worshipped. Um, and so he created the angels. There's the angels. And he is also worthy of personal and undivided faith, worship, trust, dependence, hope, devotion, and of supreme satisfaction and delight in him alone. And this is going to be all very foreign to her. Very important for her to start thinking about. Um, and because God is who he is and a giver who takes pleasure in bestowing all that he is and because for all that he is, he deserves worship and all those things. He had a master plan. And that was to have a people of his own forever. Um, This is the big picture. You want to step her back, widen the view, and, and help things make more sense. So, a people of his own forever. For his glory and pleasure. And remember, he takes pleasure in giving. Okay, he takes pleasure in those who trust in him. Uh, there's ver- and there's verses I share about the, that very, those very aspects. But um, So for his glory and pleasure. Okay. Us knowing 
and worshiping him. So for his glory and pleasure, um, us knowing and worshiping and abiding in him, he bestowing all that is found in him. This is his big master plan. And um, without this, she can't even begin to understand things. So from there, uh, we talk about the fact that even the, the bestowing all that he is and the blessings that he wants to bestow, Scripture says he waits on high to bless us. Um, and so even in that blessing, that brings glory back to him, the glory that he deserves. Because we recognize him and we those the, the things that he is and the things that he bestows and um, it just brings glory back to him again. Then I go from there to uh, to work that master plan. Yes, it did mean that he would painfully, if you really look at scripture, painfully allow sin and suffering. Um, in order to have a people of his own, there has to be a people who can actually relate to him as persons. You know, we created in his image to relate to him as a person so that we, this master plan can come to fruition. Um, we That doesn't happen unless there's at least a measure of the exercise of will. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not that we're in control, but there's a measure of the exercise of will in order to love, in order to, you know, not love, uh, for there to be a, a relationship. And um, so he allowed, he did, we've got to face that, and so does she. He did, he is not the author of sin or suffering. He is not the immediate cause. So some passages that talk about he's, he's, he could be said to be the remote cause in a sense that he did allow it. But in spite of the cost for this master, this benevolent master plan, in spite of the cost to him, okay, us too, but to him, okay, he, and he allowed that, but not without he himself being the answer for it, right? He himself being the answer for the sin and suffering, and he himself offering all that he is to meet it. He himself taking the brunt of it. And we'll see that a little bit later. Um, so he created man, and when man was created, and the angels, they were without sin. They had never sinned, right? Um, we get confused sometimes because that does not mean they were holy. Okay, there's none holy like the Lord. Holy means you can't sin. <laughs> right? You're so pure and so perfect that you can't sin. That was definitely not us. 
we are there. Adam and Eve were without sin, but they definitely uh, were not holy. So, of course, sin is inevitable, <laughs> um, and uh, Satan rebelled, and man responded and sinned, distrusted God, who he is. In case you can't see that, it's a little heart with things. <laughs> um, forever infecting sin, independence, a lack of honoring God for who he really is. Um, infecting mankind with that. So everyone born is born in that condition Separated from God, a hope separated from a holy God, the only, uh, the only just result, of course, is that separation from from a holy and just God, or He wouldn't be a holy and just God. So. Also, fixing man's destiny away from God and his influence. But Christ taking the full brunt of sin and suffering and shame as a man would make it so that we could be like him without sin. Right? And there's no other way except that he make us righteous and he give us his righteousness right we can give we could give Christ our sinfulness he makes us righteous so the son came actually from the very beginning he was willing to come he suffered becoming dependent he suffered living among sin. He suffered identifying yet without sin. He, he suffered the cruelest of deaths. Taking our sin and our shame, our guilt, our separation, our rejection, our wrath and our punishment to offer through repentance and faith and surrender the great exchange that I just talked about. The great exchange. Christ's righteousness for our sinfulness so that we might be reconciled back to God. That we might be a people of His own and He be our God. He would be be our God to us. It's all about the master plan. And see, this plan, her life and God's plan for her is, is doesn't have to be interrupted by this. It is until she comes to him. It really is interrupted. But um, this is the big picture, what she needs. And again, there are some amazing verses that are going to be very impactful, maybe surprising to her. Um, that you can share in these diagrams. Okay, so 
Number two that you have on your sheet, dealing with the past biblically. So let's pull out, since you didn't have an opportunity to see that before, let's pull that out. I want to just explain it a little bit better. So this will help her to understand her past enough to deal with each aspect God's way. We already said that. For his glory, for her good, and for others' good. It will help her to clear her conscience, which is going to probably be really necessary, and restore her fellowship with God if she is a believer by dealing with any past sin of hers. Uh, Thirdly, it's going to help her understand how we see and think about past sin, past tragedy, difficulty, and others' past sin against us. Um, It's not... Again, it's just going to reinforce it's not what happened that uh, um, is so undoing, but but what follows and what and the responses and how we think about it. So, um, fourthly, it will help her bring God and His truth to bear in such a way as to gain His perspective of her past and renew every aspect. To bring him glory. Okay? Um, it's going to help her unravel the past again into different types. So we looked at the different types. That's, I shared that with you already. But in each column, you can see there's how God would have her deal with those things. So on, on the left column, you're going to be having her do sort of a timeline. It could be by year or it could be stage of life, but you need to know, be surprised what you can gain by knowing when did certain things happen, what came first and what came when. Um, so having a timeline on the left is very helpful. And then those different kinds of paths she's going to put on this chart. Now, the goal, if you look at the fourth column, my God glorifying past and responses. Once she's dealt with each each kind of past the way God tells her to, and then she's going to work on turning it into into her God, something that is glorifying to God, something that is um, good. God wants to use it for good, right? So she the goal is to get everything on this sheet moved to the fourth column. And you can read on there how that happens. It's by recognizing her blessings, um, any honoring God that she did do, but also um, gaining his perspective, renewing these different thoughts that are attached to these, these things, whether it's her sin or whether it's what someone else did. There is nothing that cannot be renewed. There is nothing that cannot be renewed by actually renewing specific thoughts and renewing them to truthful, hopeful, thankful, trusting, and holy. And when we do that, when we begin to put things in perspective and we begin to renew our mind and um, really start trusting God, this becomes very small. 
it's no longer who she is. Because when she comes to her, this is who she is. It's a lie, but that's how she feels. Okay. So, on the next page, what you have is just some information about each column, a little more information. Then number five is handling guilt. And that's where there's kind of a a clearer, maybe a a definition about guilt and shame and how to look at that um, and, you know, where this shame comes from and really is important where the shame is coming from or you can't deal with it. So um, I would say it is very important to deal with all guilt, all shame, um, and deal with it God's way. And then at the bottom, actual guilt, the last bullet point there, actual guilt for sin should be dealt with with true repentance and faith. And then there's just a, an outlining of what true repentance would look like, how to help understand repentance and accomplish um, you know, that repentance, that confession and that repentance. The third page of that document goes into some of the things we've already talked about as far as giving her a perspective of her past, the influence of the past, um, that she were, in, were influenced but were not determined. Um, long-standing patterns will add an additional challenge, but according to scriptures, we are even responsible. We talked about that already, responsible to be set free. And then second paragraph, if you have been able to deal with, if she had been able to deal with her circumstance with, as a believer, with biblical perspectives, with God's resources, it wouldn't make all the difference in the world, right? Um, but in God's providence, um, His plan, that didn't happen, and we have to realize, and she will come to realize, why, for her, this was God's plan. Um, it, it may take a while, and but you come to know that His ways are perfect, and and that, that she didn't get the short end of the stick because that's going to be maybe how she's thinking but because of who God is and what he wants to do for her and what he, his heart was then at the time what he was doing then you know this is all a mystery to her you know and we're going to talk about it in the next document uh, more about that um, anyhow, so we talked about how to think of her responses and that freedom doesn't really lie in the past, but in who God is and what we think and what we do about the pre- past in the present and in our future with Christ. Um, that biblical worldview that we talked about, it helps her understand the effects of difficult circumstances along with her responsibility. So just a little bit more on that. She 
we, we went over God's plan. She was born demonstrably out of tune with God's purpose, right? And because of that, that is her most effectual problem and brokenness, okay? That was her biggest brokenness. It's not caused by something outside of her, but something within. A biblical worldview insists that that the fundamental corruption of the human soul, sin through the fall of man, interrupted man's purpose. And the negative effects of that corruption are multifaceted and complex because of the presence of sin in us. Okay? So if that's true, she was born prone to independence from him, prone to false worship, false hope, self-focus, and selfishness if a believer. Prone. If if, If at some point she becomes a believer, she's prone to it. At worst... She's a slave of the same if she's not a believer. And we also live in a world of others in that condition, and so suffering is a pervasive reality. But you see what that does. No longer is she the way she is because of what happened to her. She was already ready to do that. Her circumstance, the circumstances of her life, her suffering may have had bearing on what she would specifically choose, okay, to set her affections on or her quote-unquote needs on, what she would choose to falsely worship or what she would choose to fear or what she would choose to reject, but they are not the cause or the reason for her brokenness, for her idolatry, or for her sin. Does that make sense? She's, she was already going to worship other things, pursue other things for happiness. She was already going to be broken. She was already, you see, it's, it's, and then it becomes this thing just helped her go in certain directions. We all have false worship before Christ. And sometimes, you know, here and there are on the other side. But um, do you see how that helps put things a little bit better into perspective for her? So the impact of our past tragedies on our life is secondarily dependent, first of all, dependent on the fall and, and who she was from the fall. Secondarily, dependent on what goes on inside her. And thirdly, um, impact is caused by our, our own sin, our complicating sins after. So the last paragraph, and then we'll be done with this. Um, these biblical perspectives on the influence of our past and the Christian world we do not take away the responsibility of the, and the culpability of those who sinned against us. That's really important. You, she doesn't want, you, she shouldn't hear you saying, therefore they're not responsible for their sin. That's not true. And it does not minimize God's compassion nor his hatred of cruelties, nor his faithfulness to act on our behalf in various ways. Furthermore, it should not lessen a compassionate and humble perspective on the part of those who come alongside to help. But a biblical worldview, and here's the bottom line, 
a biblical worldview does help us keep the circumstances of life in perspective. It does help us understand our own responsibility, and it does lead to true freedom. Whereas if you don't have the truth about who the fall and who she is, she there's no hope because it's just something that happened to her and she can't change that. Okay? All right. Renewing the mind worksheets. This is, I mean, this was so absolutely, positively key for me. Absolutely critical for anyone you want to help with their past. Um, uh, We get into where does she live on this chart? Is she thinking God's way about things or is she thinking not God's way about things? And um, there's a thoughts worksheet that you have on how to to do one of these um, renewing the mind worksheets, how you can help her to do this. You don't have to do renewing the mind in this way, uh, you know, across the board. But for those long-standing things that she's lived with, I've just found this really, really helpful. Um, and what, what we do here is we're going to take her through the Philippians 4, 6 through, uh, 4 through 9, rather, process of, of renewing her mind, of dealing with, that particular passage is dealing with anxiety, but it, it's just the same in dealing with other overwhelming emotions and thoughts. So your first thing she's going to need to do is... Um, you can do some of this off of her journal, things that she has written down in her journal, or she can use this for things that are happening daily with her. I mean, maybe something happened and she had a panic attack, you know. So um, what was happening? She needs to stop. Um, when she stops, she's going to say, what's happening? She's going to say, what did I do or am I doing in response? Very important. Then you're going to ask her to focus. What was I thinking and feeling? So this could be a past circumstance or something she's struggling with right now. But um, what was she thinking and feeling about that? Um, Very, very important. Um, Excuse me. This screen is not as wide as my computer. So down here, and if you have your sheet... Uh, the next thing is pray. That's the that's the order in Philippians four. You're going to, as you're anxious, you are going to pray. What can I ask God for? So she needs to think of what could she ask God for about all this. And like I said, you need to help her with this for maybe her first three, maybe four, depending. But. Um, because you can't see when you're in the middle of it. You know, it's, you need help. But um, what can I ask God for? What can I thank God for is another part of that praying. Very important, this thankfulness. Um, as soon as I show you this, I'll, we'll go over a particular thought. Um, the next page, then you want her to target a particular thought. 
maybe it's that I just can't believe God let this happen. Okay? So that's what would go here. Out of all these thoughts that she wrote down, maybe that's the summation of them. Okay? So she's going to take, put that thought there. And then I usually have them circle uh, key topics in the thought. Key, key things like, um, I can't believe, that's a pretty short thought. So <laughs> this, there's uh, obviously who God is would be, you know, um, the topic. We'll do another thought, but that, that's what you do there. Um, you're going to take those topics in that thought and you're going to put it down, put them down under the topics or beliefs that are coming off of that thought. Then you want to come up with biblical truth or realities. Okay? She's going to need your help with this. But you can also give her resources to do this later. Um, there's great resources to get to some of these truths. And I, I have some documents of God's promises, his um, the sins and righteous alternatives. And, um, doing a Google search is really easy now if you want to you know, plug in some topic there, but um, she may need help. And if someone who needs help getting the truth they need, they need to have someone help them. Go to someone who's word-oriented that can really help with this. But you've got to have God's truth that's directly related to your thought and the topics in it. So here you would put uh, God's character, God's perspective, God's commands, God's promises, and gospel realities. And then over here, you're actually going to write out scripture. Don't just put the, the reference. Write it out. You have to finish on the back. But she needs those written out. So that for that section, we are assaulting with the word of God. We're assaulting her thinking with the word of God. And then the next page, this is the most important part. After she thinks, after she's done the study, see, she's going to have some probably some things she needs to confess. She's going to be really faced with the Word of God and her thinking, and so she will probably want to confess some things. And then in this section, she's going to write a new thought that directly relates to the old one, that pulls in what she has learned that she can use the next time that thought arises. And it's in going to this to the truth and the right thinking with with prayer and with the desire to glorify God that that she's gonna see these thoughts and the thinking renew, these these thought patterns. Okay. Alright, so this is the diagram I was telling you about about how how we have a circumstance and this is the round of our mind and we keep thinking a certain way the sinful thoughts void God void God thoughts desire to God thoughts we keep thinking that way and we really grow a path it becomes very ingrained it's a part of us we just this happens and then we're thinking the same way you know it's just very ingrained but if we with the word of God and, and his help through prayer we are going no we, we have the same circumstance we walk in a room here, and it's like, oh, what are they thinking of me? We're going to teach her to have the same circumstance. 
And because you've recognized that, that wrong thinking, no, that's, I can't go that way. I need to go this way. And she's already outlined her new thinking. So then every time she's going to, to put on the right thinking and turn to the right thinking in prayer with calling on God's help. And the more she does that, the more she's going to develop a new path. This one can actually become obsolete. Okay? Not to say that she'll never down the road be tempted again to go down this way, but she certainly knows what to do with it. And it's not going to be her life pattern anymore. It's a glorious thing to see that happen. It's, it's just wonderful. Okay. Um, wow. We're really short on time. Um, and I intended to have, wait on that, I intended to have for you this, this particular thought up there. But um, I think the Lord was, I mean, I think that the evil one was trying to confiscate all my computers this week. <laughs> and I'm sort of, sort of kidding, but I'm kind of not. But um, it didn't, it wasn't possible. So what I want to do is I want to give you um, something, uh, some thinking, a problem with a gal and some thinking that happened and the renewed thought just to give you an example of this. Okay, so under, I remember what, under what was happening, she put, I remember what was happening. And under what did I do or am I doing a response? I feel sick, depressed, hopeless, and afraid all at the same time. And I'm tempted to sin. Then under what was I thinking and feeling, she put, I can't take these memories and feelings. I will never get over this. I can't erase it. Why did God let this happen? I'm afraid of what else bad God might let happen. I'm afraid of what God's good is. I just want to make all this go away for now by cutting and drinking. Very, very depressing. You keep thinking in those terms and you will follow through and you will be very, very depressed. Under pray, because we talked about things and I'm helping her, she could pray, please help me now, Lord Jesus to get my bearings and think rightly and do the right thing. Under what can I thank God for, she could say, she could thank, uh, Lord, I thank you that there is no darkness in you and that because because I am in Christ, you can and desire to help me now. That's just a quick way that she can begin to turn things around by praying like Philippians tells us to. So we kind of came up, isolated the particular thought that was, you want it to be as complete as possible, um, not just short, necessarily short and servicey, but as complete as possible to um, maybe a- a- answer the question, and if that's true, then this, you know. Just, just getting as complete as possible. And this is what he came up with. I'm so upset that God let this ruinous thing happen to me. It, and this is more than one thought I know. But, I mean, more than one sentence. But it makes me sick and afraid of what he will let happen in the future. 
So I need to just make all these thoughts and feelings go away now. Now, you can break those up into separate, but I, I did let them be all on here because I, I thought it would help us. Um, topics in that thought. I'm so upset that God let this ha- ruinous thing happen. It makes me sick and afraid of what he will let happen. Okay, in the interest of time, I'm going to give you the topics. <laughs> uh, I put God let this Okay, happen. Uh, afraid of what he will let happen. And make all these thoughts and feelings go away. That she has to make all these thoughts and feelings go away. So from that thought and over on the side, under topics, I have first one, God let this happen. He can't love me. Because in talking, that's where she's going with that, right? He can't love me or care for me. The second one is, this has ruined me. I will never get over it. That's what she's believing. She says, this is ruining me. I'll never get over it. The next thing, I'm afraid of what God will allow for good. Okay? The next one, I need to make these thoughts and feelings go away. I can't take it. And then my greatest good would be that this did not happen. That's really key. Her greatest good would be that this did not happen. So... We came up with a ton of truth for that section, middle section. Um, And I could go through each of those for you. I'm going to hit the first one. And then I'm going to, in the interest of time again, I'm not going to specifically give you all those verses, but I'm going to read you the new thought. And literally every sentence of her prayer is packed with scripture. Um, So here is... uh, the biblical truths for the first God let this happen, he can't love me yes, but you grieved over it like all sin and pain you are compassionate you are compassionate and cared about my circumstance suffering, pain and somehow you intended to do great, good blessing for me in this to be God to me Satan means it for evil and is trying to use it. There is no darkness, wrongness in you. Okay, so that's that's the truth. But actually finding the scriptures, that's the power (laughs) that's going to change her mind and heart. And um, we we just, we came up with a ton of scriptures there. It's, it's, It's not easy, but honestly, once you do a number of these... A lot of the passages <laughs> are the same ones, you know, for people. So, um, and I don't mean you do need to t- try to tailor them exactly to what's going on in your heart and mind, but it's not as hard as you think. If you just ask God to help you, and you have some good resources that you can use, um, it, it's not as hard as you think. So, the new thought is kind of long. Because this is really bad thoughts, right? (laughs) And it's really ingrained in her heart. So this is kind of long, but I want to read it. Just think of it. Let's look at the old one again. I'm so upset that God let this ruinous thing happen to me. It makes me sick and afraid of what he will let happen in the future. So I need to just make all these thoughts and feelings go away now. Lord... 
thank you that you are light and there is no darkness in you. Forgive me for doubting your goodness, right? Because she's gone through all looking at those verses. For doubting your goodness, that you are right in all your ways and your perfect love for me in Christ. Help the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you now. I thank you that you cared then and you care now because you are a God of all compassion and your kindnesses never cease and your compassions never fail because you are good and you do good. You have seen and you know the troubles of my soul and in all my affliction you were afflicted. These are all verses. These mostly not her words, okay? I thank you that you are greater and had a plan for how you could overcome, that this could cause me to really know you, to work good for me and others and bring you glory. Maybe that one didn't have as much person, but thank you for showing me how much I need you. I praise you, Lord Jesus, that I do not have to remain troubled and undone by this and that I am not ruined because of it now that I am in you. In this world, we have tribulation, but you have overcome the world. And because I believe in you, because I believe you are the Son of God, I can too. That's a specific verse in First um, John, I read. I thank you that I will walk at liberty more and more as I seek your precepts, and you will accomplish what concerns me, that which concerns me. I thank you that I can smile at the future because surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life because of Christ. You are always protecting me every day from so much and in every, anything that must needs be for your perfect reasons. You promise to be all I need, a very present help in trouble, completely sufficient for me and acting on my behalf. Help me not to forsake you now by turning to another, to broken cisterns that can hold no water. I will call upon you and you will hear me and send forth your loving kindness from heaven. I turn to you now, my rock whose work is perfect, my fountain of living waters through Christ and his spirit. I thank you that your grace is sufficient for me now and that I can take refuge in the shadow of your wings because nevertheless, I am with you. You have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me and afterwards receive me to glory. I will sing a praise song to you now because life is really all about you. Then I will do something for your kingdom. Okay, so there's there you start. If there needs to be confession uh, and thankfulness, there's thankfulness all through and praise. There's looking at who God is. There's turn being willing to take that up, and in the end, there's a commitment. There's a turn and a commitment to to get it off of her and focus on the Lord, and then to do something that is instead of being self-focused and depressed 
she's going to turn and do what's going to get help her go in a different direction, do something for God's kingdom. Does that help? Um, just see, I mean, look at, you had to hear the difference and what difference it could make to her instead of thinking those other thoughts if she was to turn, ask for his help, and start thinking differently. Okay, I'm going to have to wrap things up here, but I do want to um, just point out a couple of more things. There is a Why Me Study diagram. Uh, Why Me Study, it's something that she can... Um, Write the answers to. You may want to do some of it with her, but it's going to take her through a lot of different things. Some of that big picture perspective I talked about, where sin is, about sin and suffering in the context of life, what we deserve, what God is doing, uh, the awesome, sovereign love of God and suffering, what his heart is uh, in suffering, what he wants to do for us. Uh, maybe you weren't a Christian then, but you certainly can do for us now and when we choose not to look to him and um, see him for who he is and worship him and let him be our sufficient God and and be our refuge. If we don't do that, we were gonna turn we're gonna turn to another refuge. We're gonna just worship other things. And I have a list these things that she's been worshiping. It might lead to a very bad place of judging God, putting God on the witness stand, being angry, bitter at God, and uh, that that leads to a very bad place. But she needs to turn and see that the greater joy, greater than anything, is Christ himself, the one true treasure. And God's going to be doing everything he can to help her see. He's what she needs. He's the one true treasure. He is all about her relationship with him and bringing him glory. And then the turn is in humility, humbling yourself before God and um, seeing him as he is and turning to him and worshiping him. So that's that uh, thing. We did the Renewing Mind Worksheets. Um, this is the Who We Are in Christ that we looked at already. Uh, there's a Behind a Frowning Providence booklet by John Murray that's great. Uh, responding Properly When God's Plan Differs. There's just a list of things and resources that you can use. Um, I'm not going to read all these. You can read. But they're really good. Uh, A number of these, my husband was a new pastor and trying to help people who were having real problems. And he didn't even know what was going on in my heart and mind because I was one of those hiders. (laughs) But um, God would have it that when things really fell apart for me, he was just getting his biblical counseling training. So, of course, um, I was marvelously helped by the Lord and his word. And a lot of these resources were used on me. <laughs> so I know they're effective. <laughs> um, uh, especially a lot of Lou Priolo's things, Amy Baker. Um, and uh, you can 
look at those. I know I had something to mention about those. Uh, I didn't put the our identity. Should it be a focus in counseling? That's that document. I didn't put that on there. You might want to do that. Um, self-esteem, self-image, self-esteem booklet by Lou Perillo. Magnificent. It's going to deal with inferiority judgments, but the fallacy of self-esteem as well, um, and what we value versus what God values. I had one book to show you that wasn't on there because um, a lot of times perfection is also a, a problem. This is by Amy Baker, Picture Perfect. Just about anything she puts out is immensely biblical and helpful, practically helpful. Um, I'm sorry we didn't have time for questions. I will certainly linger if you have a, a burning question. And um, I just pray that God will bless you in your, your journey if, if you came to this because this is in your past. I pray that God will use some of what was said here um, to get you um, going. And I would just highly recommend that you let someone else also help you with, these, with some of this stuff, this material. Um, to make sure that that you're able to appropriate these things. And then I also pray that God will use some of this if you're helping other women. So thank you for coming and hanging in there. Copyright 2016, IBCD, all rights reserved. More free resources are available at www.ibcd.org.